Hey there, this is Ruben and the Breaking Trail podcast. Not so long ago, a common friend of me and Balakias here in Tromsø um, had a relative l- on his way of leaving this world, which he eventually did. Uh, and so I recorded this podcast as a way to try to give guidance to her and to everyone else who is in a similar situation of having a having a loved one leave this world and and being confronted with the question what to what to say to such a person how to guide them and how to help them he's in the hospital right now he was diagnosed with cancer but he's basically so weak that they can't treat him with radiation i guess that's what they call it in english like yeah mm-hmm. yeah so they can't do that he's too weak and so he tried to like gain weight but he doesn't he, he can't gain weight so now he's basically lying at the hospital and getting ready to leave his leave his body and they're they're you know pumping in him full with <laughs> pain medications and and she asked me if i could you know have a simple question to you which is what to what to tell a dying man or what to tell a dying person you know mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's what i wanted mm-hmm. to ask you you know she she really wants to help she yeah. wants to to do something and, and so but you know how do you she feels quite insecure and she feels like what 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 can i do what can i say and and yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> Tell them the truth. There is nothing you can tell somebody better than the truth. Now, how you phrase that, how you approach it, how you deliver it, that's an individual on both sides. The deliverer is, is going to individually do it their way, and the receiver is going to receive it their way. Hmm. But the truth is paramount. Whether you're, you know, obviously dying, like there's no question here. He's cancer, he's too weak to take treatment. He's just laying in bed waiting to die. Whether you're in that situation or whether you're 20 years old and healthy and feeling king of the mountain, it's still the message that everyone needs to receive. And that's the problem with our systems today. And I say systems because all levels of the systems that we're influenced by don't tell us the truth. No. They tell us the opposite. And so therefore, when we ultimately come to this point of her uncle, we don't know what to do. And we haven't been educated. We haven't even allowed ourselves to think about this time, you know. I mean, that's the subject that is avoided, not talked about and studied and embraced and, you know, seen as the most important, crucial moment of life. Yeah. It's, it's the one that you deny completely will ever happen to you. Until the very end. You just deny, deny, deny. Until the then... very end. And then it's like panic, you know. Yeah then it's too late. 
You know, when we, we go on a trip, say we're going to go somewhere for, a, let's say, an extended vacation or whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. You know, number one, we, we make a plan. We think about it. What's it going to be like? What are we going to need? We start preparing long ahead. We collect money, save money. You know, we think, okay, I'm going to need certain items, you know, maybe certain shoes or clothes or whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we have to ultimately buy that ticket, right? And we got to make that date when I'm going to leave. And that was a big preparation, huge, Mm -hmm. you know. And so when the time comes for me to take that journey, you know, I'm prepared as much as I can be. You know, but I've I've actually addressed it. Hmm. It's not like I just denied it. I'm not going to go, you know. And then five minutes before the flight, you got to be on that plane. <laughs> we don't do that. Yeah. You see? But when it comes to death, which is obvious, everybody's going to have to die. We're all going to take a journey because we're all spirit souls. We're not our material bodies. We're eternal. The body's temporary. So when we leave the body, we don't die. There's no such thing as death for the soul. Bhagavad Gita, a very famous verse, for the soul there's neither birth nor death. You know, chapter 2, text number 20. So it's inevitable. We've been told that by the materialist. See, the materialists have failed in finding a solution. <laughs> and the greatest scientists and researchers, and, yeah. you know, who have received billions of dollars in grants over the years have failed, you know. So the materialists tell us, yeah, you're going to die. The spiritualists tell us you're going to die because it's an absolute fact, you know, not dependent on research or not trying to stop it, just trying to prepare for it. But we don't do that, see, because... We're too attached to this world. We're too attached to this body. We think we are the body. We think when we die, we're going to have to leave, you know, all this behind. Or we're going to cease to exist, one or the other. Well, well that's what I was and, going to say. It, I mean, couldn't that be reason that we just think that it's, it'll all end? I mean, you can, sorry, you can finish what you said. I'm just, because. Well, that's, that's what a lot of people do. You know, they have this absolutely absurd philosophy based on ignorance that, you know, one life, live it to the fullest, and then it's over. And you don't and when need it's to, over, it's over, and that's yeah. it. And you don't need to prepare then, you because know, that's, that was it. That's, what, that's the life you had. And. You, all you do is prepare for the time you're here, before death. Yeah. You prepare in every way you can to enjoy every way you can, cram as much enjoyment into your life as possible, before it's over, yep. you know, eat as much ice cream as you can until it runs out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's kind of that <laughs> philosophy, and a lot of people have that. Yeah. But of course, that's not true. So back to the idea: truth is the most important thing and the most lacking thing in people's lives. So when a person like is at this moment, it's too late to beat around the bush. 
it's too late to pussyfoot around and just try to ease it in in some disguised way. And, you know, so they don't know what's happening or whatever. It's now time to say, okay, mate, this is it. Here is the truth. And just tell him straight. You know, the worst thing that could happen is he just tells you, don't tell me that. Shut up, get out of here, leave me alone, which is going to happen anyway if she doesn't say that. You know, it's going to be the same result. Yeah, He's yeah, not going to yeah. have any information. Exactly. So yeah. whether it's just you voluntarily don't tell him, and by default he doesn't know, <laughs> or she tells him straight, yeah. and he says, please, I don't want to know this, or curses at her, whatever, you know. And it's still the same thing. He dies ignorant. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's reality. That's what she should do. You know. And there will be a time, and I don't know how close that time will be, <clears throat> even if he makes the choice to not hear it now, there's going to be a time, and it sounds like soon, when he's going to go into another level of consciousness. And it happens to every single person that's dying, especially when they're dying gradually like this, mm -hmm. not when they're smashed by a car accident. Mm -hmm. But when he's going to actually go into another dimension of consciousness and the receptivity, if he's still aware, will be much different than if he's not receptive now. Very, very rare does somebody come defiant at the absolute end, or I'll just say, remain defiant mm -hmm. at the absolute end. So that's one point. Another point, he may go into what would seem externally an unconscious condition, where he's kind of just not able to, to refuse anything, to hear anything. Then you can speak, and in, in a lot of cases, they will still hear, and they will still be able to understand. And, and the receptivity in that condition exactly. is also greatly increased. That's, I was gonna, just going to say that, that probably the, he's even more receptive then because he is aware, so he's realizing how close to the end he is. And like, what are, you, what are you fighting against here? Yeah. If you're just going to cease to exist, what's the harm of hearing this? Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you've only got a few minutes to hear it, and then it's going to be over anyway, and you're not going to have anything to remember or deal with or anything. <laughs> or you hear it and receive it and appreciate it. And the, the unique thing about our telling somebody the truth is it's transcendentally potent. It's not just some material words or teachings or philosophies or sound vibrations that have no power. This is transcendental sound, spiritual sound, whether it's a form of the, the information or whether it's in the form of the mantras, it's all spiritually hmm. potent. Well, I didn't, and so yeah. the soul, real self, you know, that spirit soul is going to be greatly benefited greatly purified you know that's why the bible 
you know, says very clearly, Jesus said it, ye shall know the truth, and the, and the truth, truth shall set you free. Mm. You know? I, and so on that absolute fact, we can operate. I didn't, I didn't think about that in that way, but that, of course, that's true. You know, you tend to think about when you learn this, a transcendental sound, that's the mantras, and you have to chant the mantras, and that's, but, but of course, like you say, transcendental sound is also the absolute truth, is transcendental sound. And you're, what you're saying is... I mean, is, a whole Bhagavad Gita is... Yeah, you know, of course. <laughs> transcendental sound, and it's, yeah. you know, although, you know, it was a song, but anyway, that's... You know, so all our scriptures, Srimad Bhagavatam and all... You know, Maharaj preached, speaking with Sukadeva Goswami. Let's go to that. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's when the Srimad Bhagavatam was spoken. Maharaj preached had seven days to live. He knew he was going to die in seven days. What did he do with that last seven days? He wanted to do the best thing he could to prepare for that inevitable time when he had to leave his body. He went to the bank of the Ganges looking for someone who, to enlighten him in that last seven days. And, you know, there was a lot of great personalities there. But the this great personalities, sages, Srila Vyasadeva was there, etc. They selected among themselves, they recommended, we will say, Sukadeva Goswami to be that person to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation of enlightenment with Maharaj Preakit. Wow. But what do we learn? They spoke. Maharaj Preakit received that transcendental enlightenment through speaking with Sukadeva Goswami. See, they didn't sit around and have kirtan for seven days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? They spoke. And therefore, when it came time, seven days later, you know, he was fully enlightened and, you know, everything was completed. So don't think that the, the message is, is not transcendental sound, but the chanting is. Because chanting is not only singing or repeating the mantras, it's chanting includes speaking the philosophy, speaking the truth. You know, I mean, I never heard about Jesus chanting. That's true. That's true. Spoke, yeah. You know? <laughs> and this is not to take anything away from chanting. No. You know, this is to, to make it clear that both are transcendentally potent. And the reason Lord Chaitanya, you know, just signified and actually declared for Kali Yuga, chanting the holy names is the religion of the age, is because the people in Kali Yuga don't want to hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, so just... They just chant to them. Of course. You know? So it's not because the, the potency is not also in the, the speaking, 
of the tr truth, but it's because people don't want to hear it. So if you have but some... It, you know, Lian's yeah. uncle now is in a position to hear. Where he wants to hear. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. So if you have someone who wants to hear, then, well, you then can present transcendental sound in that speak. way. But what? you also chant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You speak and you chant. You have the kirtan playing. Yeah. You know? But you might need to explain to them, I would like now for you to agree to let me play this music, these mantras, this transcendental sound, you know, to actually, you know, comfort you, to, to you know, help you, the spirit soul, you know, receive the mercy and the grace of the Lord. Or I don't know if he's an atheist or what. I don't know anything in the background. Yeah. But you can word it according to, you know, she can word it according to her knowledge of, well, I'm. There's a lot of things I like to ask, but just first, I'm very curious. What did Sukadeva Swami begin by saying when he was asked to to tell to talk to this dying what, man? What is it? What did Sukadeva Swami what? What did he start by saying when he, you know, he was now in in this position, going to speak to Maharaj Prakashananda? <laughs> Which means you know. I offer my obeisances to the Supreme Lord. Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Srila Vasudev. You know, meaning Vasudev, the Supreme Lord, and also Vyasadev, the literary incarnation of the Lord, who, you know, wrote all the Vedas down. He started by offering his obeisances to the Lord and put himself in the position of a medium to transfer this absolute truth to Maharaj Prike. And Jan Maria Shayita, you know, now is the time to learn the absolute truth. Now is the time. And then he just went on like that, you know, began to reveal more and more and more. You know. mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe there was a lot of uh, things that he didn't need to say to Maharaj Priki because that was, you know, 5,000 years ago when, you know, the society was very different and it was common Vedic, you know, understanding in the society that you're not the body. Why did Maharaj Priki want to go find an enlightened soul to speak to him if he thought he was the body and it was going to be over you know, <laughs> yeah, he knew it's not going to be over. Right. It's time for me, the spirit soul, to get prepared for the journey right. to my next life. Right. Right. <laughs> but in today's time, we have to go back and start. You're not the body. See, you are spirit soul. You know, this body is a temporary shell, and its time has run out. You know, it's it's over. Don't try to hang on to it. It's done. You know, but you are not done. Now it's time to transition, to move on. So you start where you need to start. And just move forward with the care and the love that I know she has. That relationship is going to be an avenue or access to him that somebody else might not have.
Like if I go there, he doesn't know me from anything. No. You know. And And he doesn't know you on the level he knows them. He doesn't have the relationship with you that he has with them. Hmm. So that gives them the inside track. But that could be, I don't know, sometimes that feels like that could be a negative thing as well. When you're family, speaking to family, because they don't see you as an authority in any way. They see you just as the little child, uh, you know. But I'm telling you, at the time of death, you start seeing things different. Oh, yeah. She's not just some little girl that, yeah. you know, he knew from before. Yeah. You know, and when you start speaking like this, just straight up, you know, he's going to recognize this is not, the, not who I thought she was. I don't know what he thinks, but, yeah. you know, it's like Sukadev Goswami was 16 years old when he spoke to Maharaj Preekit, who was the emperor of the world. <laughs> but did, did he... Uh-huh. Say, well, you're just some 16-year-old kid. You know, what am I supposed to listen to you for? He did not, because he had the understanding, here is an enlightened person, not a 16-year-old anything. Here is an absolute medium of the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if, if you're hanging off a cliff and you're ready to die, and a you know, 16-year-old kid or your little you know, niece or whoever comes up and saves your life, you're going to say, no, you don't know anything. You can't, don't Mm -hmm. save my life. (laughs) You know, bring in somebody that's, that's, you know, an adult. You're just some, you're just in my family, man. You can't help me. Mm. No, no, I see. You're You're not. You're going to say, please help me. I don't care who you are. (laughs) I just help. I don't care who you are. (laughs) What, what, you know, thank you. My little niece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if she's, a, you know, we can't be afraid in this way. What are we afraid no. of? Rejection? Mm-hmm. Are we, are we going to put our false ego in front of delivering, you know, the saving grace? Yeah. You know, are we just going to be cast aside all this intimidation and this, you know, uncomfortable... Oh, he might not like it. He might not accept it. And just boom. Yeah. When the EMT comes to save a victim of a car accident, he doesn't beat around the bush, man. He just goes right in there and does what is needed to be done. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he delivers the, the, the help, the aid, the, the rescue in any way necessary. Mm. Mm. So... That's my advice. I know my mom, she was not favorable to what I was doing because she just wasn't, you know. She kind of accepted it, but definitely wasn't anything for her. But in the end, everything was different. Everything. Really? And everything turned around and it came beautiful. Wow. So, you know. So de- deliver the goods. But like you say, I, I guess, how, how do you then, I mean, they are probably different stages or, or levels, or I guess your mom was still, she was not an atheist, clearly, from what I've understood before. She was open. No, no, no. She, no. she was she not was, an atheist at all. So, but, you know, well. And, it, and all that sectarian stuff just disappears. <clears throat> you know? 
the, the, the Christian or whatever, they still believe in God. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. to whatever degree they do, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not against, oh, you're a, you know, a Hindu and I'm a Christian, so therefore <laughs> leave me alone. Mm-hmm. All that stuff falls away at that time. Just like if, you know, you're a white supremacist and you're dying and a black EMT guy comes to save your life, are you going to tell us, like, get out of here? You know? I'm a racist. <laughs> You're not. All that, you know, division just disappears. You know? See, in the really enlightened stage, it never appears anyway. You're not seeing a black person. Anyway. There's no such thing as an enlightened white supreme. <laughs> no such thing. See? Yeah. But... Anyway, the point is, all these little divisions of race and sex and yeah. age and family relations and, you know, what do you know and blah, 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 that just disappears in the crux. So what's the crux? Is the most important thing to tell them that they're not their body or what's what's what's, what's the... Yeah, that's <laughs> where you stages start. Do you, that's just, yeah. yeah, that's the start. And you just, you know, you're not by. You got to introduce the truth of God. You know, whether you believe it or don't believe it, you tell this person there is a supreme person. You know, who loves you, you're his child, whatever. But you know, she's got the relationship. She has the knowledge. She has to be the one who administers it as she as she sees fit. I'm not telling her what to say. I'm just telling her. The approach that she sh- should take. Mm-hmm. I love you. I want to help you. You know, I've spent the last whatever her number of years is, you know, not only studying but practicing and learning and 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 receiving, you know, knowledge and inspiration in this subject. And I want to share it with you. Whatever. I guess there's an insecurity there that, you know, maybe it's not good enough, and maybe he won't understand, and maybe, you know, maybe I'll explain it in the wrong way, or I, I'm not good enough to explain oh, this. Forget. That's false ego stuff. If she goes in there as an instrument of the Lord, who's going to speak here? Her or the Lord? The Lord's in her heart, the Lord's in his heart. She's got the knowledge in her brain. (laughs) All she's got to do is just let it go out. Just let the Lord use her properly. With full faith that it's not me. So all this insecurity, I might say the wrong thing. If she's trying to be the speaker, then that's a concern. But she's not the speaker. You think Sukadeva Goswami was the speaker or the medium? Yeah, I get get your point. (laughs) If she goes in there, I've got to speak, then it's it's not right. It's it's just the proper way is I'm going in there and and let let the Lord use me, you know, to help his child. And I that's correct. 
and I guess at some point you have to just know that you doing your best is good enough. Like you, you event like you know. This reminds me about once. I think I've told you the story when I was out in the point of like the most remote po remote point in the whole Sweden, <laughs> the furthest point away from any road or anything. We're out on a ski expedition and. I was guiding and this this lady fell she hit her arm and we eventually kind of found out that she had broken her elbow somehow and you know in the middle of nowhere i'm trying to help her i'm trying to apply the knowledge that i have and doing like following the system that i have and just in the same way just sharing that and and but then you know, we eventually made it out after many days. So it's another story, long story. But afterwards, I was I was really, I don't know, just stuck with this feeling that I had to speak to the someone. I, I spoke a lot to the one who had taught me this wilderness first aid and tried to just, because like, I could see everything that I had done wrong and everything that I should have done better. And I was like, what if? And what if I'd done that? And, you know, could it have been better? The result could have been better. And I was just, as a much bigger thing than I thought to like afterwards to kind of deal with it and I'm yeah I'm just thinking about this in the same way maybe you know this remorse <laughs> yeah I, I guess no, what I'm asking is what you, you if you do it in the way that you say, then you wouldn't have that feeling in this case, because you're not no. the one who do it. It's doing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never given a lecture where I didn't think afterwards that oh, I could have said that, or I could I forgot to say that, or maybe I shouldn't have said that. You know, but I don't even think like that. I did it. It came out as it did, and yeah. You've never given a lecture where you haven't thought that or where you have thought that? I could. I have, uh, but I, I might think and I go, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just done. <laughs> and it came out, maybe it was perfect that I didn't say that. It wasn't my arrangement. Maybe I didn't forget it. It was forgotten on purpose, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe what I said was actually, you know, the thing that I should have said. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, you can drive yourself crazy. This is the point. <laughs> yeah. If you just start, you can drive yourself crazy. Why did I say that? Why did I say that? Yeah. You know, blah, 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 blah. Or you just go, let it come out, it comes out. I mean, you don't do stupid things. If, if you're a fanatic, there's nothing going to come out good. You know, but I'm not, she's not fanatic, and you don't go in there with, you know, some false ego. I'm going to enlighten you, blah, 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 just blah. No, you go in there with care and love and concern, and it's going to come out very good, perfect. The result, we're talking about the result. Yeah, yeah. You know, because people feel the sincerity. They feel the care. They feel the love. They feel your real desire to help them. You know, and that's what they, they receive. And you can't, you can't fake that. That's just a real feeling that's going to be there. And I, and I guess the more you 
chant and the more you are connected to Krishna and the Supreme Lord that you will you will just that compassion will naturally be there let's put it like that it will just naturally yeah. be there for everyone yeah yeah for sure yeah so it's a good opportunity for for both people how about this I mean yeah <laughs> I, I guess you're gonna answer the same thing, but how about his his you know, his relatives and they might also hear it or they might be there or they might feel they don't want you to do this or tell them that or or I don't know. I guess it's the same answer. You you gotta find a way and just just Yeah, you know, you try to arrange it so Yeah. You can have some personal time. Yeah. And you know it, Quite uh, likely, the relatives might respect that. I don't know. She's got to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or but, maybe there's some relatives that would be receptive or appreciative and others not. So mm -hmm. you, again, try to, you know, adjust it according to that. How about... Is it important to try to focus on to um, to to tell them the importance of forgiving and of you know of any anger of anything they're holding on any grudges and yeah yeah for sure hmm. yeah if he's got something like that tell him now that you know you don't have much time here let's let's forgive. You know, and she could, you know, just tell him some general ideas about forgiveness. And all that should, you know, should be part of the program, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to, you know, just know which, what, what things should be part of the program here. <laughs> Or the steps. Because mm -hmm. all those things need to be cleared away if possible. Yeah. Yeah. So telling him you're, you know, yeah, no, what were we going to say? No, that's, that's, so <clears throat> put aside all hesitation, false ego, whatever that's, you know, kind of blocking her. And just... You compared, you know, you started by saying that it's... I mean, really, we shouldn't make such a big difference between... Because everyone is dying all the time. <laughs> it just... We, we don't have a death sentence as of yet. Like, the doctors hasn't, haven't told me, you know, you've got this many years to live. But... But in this case, you know, they, they have, you know, he knows that he's soon going to have to leave. And, but, you know, in our ordinary meditation classes, we would, of course, teach people meditation and japa and goranga breathing. But, it, you know, is that an important part to try to do? I guess one could do that if he's open to it and if he's able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess... Again, you know, we don't 
start off, you're going to die. You know, it is an interesting <laughs> point. That just reminded me of something. Mm -hmm. There was a, a, a guy in California. This was in the 80s. And he had a diet plan. I can't even remember. McFadden, maybe? Anyway, he had a diet plan. And his diet plan was you don't eat any oil. His, his target was oil. You don't eat oil like oil, but you don't eat anything that contains oil, like nuts or whatever that might have oil in it. Okay. You don't eat that. That's eliminated from the diet. And he had a son. What was his name? Pritikin. Oh, the Pritikin. Pritikin was his name. Pritikin. And he had a son, and a friend of mine knew his son. His son was a surfer, and he met him in Bali or something. So one day, his son was in, I was in California with this friend of mine, and his son was in California too. The whole program was in California. Mm -hmm. So we went out to dinner together with the son, the son's girlfriend, and then my friend. And, me. and he ordered lobster. And we thought he was a vegetarian because it was, you know, just kind of like we kind of thought that. And he said, no, 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 a lobster is fine because it has no oil in it. <laughs> okay. So, you know. But anyway, this, this guy, Robert Pritikin was his name. He traveled all over, not only America, but in Europe a lot, and went into the corporations and big business meetings and stuff. And he was delivering the message of his program to make it so people could live longer. Mm -hmm. and, and he was well-received. He got invited a lot. And he started his lecture, what? Every one of you are going to die. And then he would connect it all because of the way you're eating. You're eating this and da-da-da. <laughs> you need to stop this and stuff. But that was his, his opening statement. <laughs> Every one of you are going to die. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> so, but we don't we don't yeah, do that because yeah. people run away, you know. <laughs> and his was simple. So you change your diet. I mean, it's it's easy for somebody to hear, you know. Okay, because you're eating too much fat, you know. You got to quit eating all this fatty meat and food and so on. But lobsters, okay, no. <laughs> but. I mean, that's a material change that they might consider, you know. Yeah, and then, yeah. But when you're talking about you're going to die, die, you know, like really die, then, you know, people and, and, get and, shocked. And you can't do anything about it. It's not going to help if you, if you eat yeah, all the lobsters yes. you Your want. Your diet's not going to help you, <laughs> you know. Whatever, whatever. So, uh, yeah. but anyway... We have a way we deliver the message, you know, there's no need to change that. But along the way, you know, if you're speaking, you can add that in. Again, it's an individual thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you feel it's a good time to add that, you know. And, you know, often I bring it up, mm -hmm. you know. It's, it's very relevant purpose of the human form of life is to prepare for death yeah. and you are going to die <laughs> so yeah it's truth that is withheld just like in the 
here. I don't know where our time is. But in America, I sent you that video, didn't I, about uh, music in old age homes? No. Yeah. If you remember in that, that documentary toward the end, it was saying in America, they try to hide the old people, all these old age homes are, are places where you just take those people who are over the hill, so to speak, and hide them in there because it's disturbing for people to see old age. (laughs) They don't like to be reminded that that's their future. Mm. Whereas in a lot of countries in the culture, the old people were not hidden away. They were kept active in society to the degree they could be active, and they were seen as, as an important part of that culture. Yeah. And that uh, yeah. they had something to offer. They were seen <clears throat> as people who had more wisdom because of the years they'd spent. Yeah. You know, not necessarily true, you know, but and so they had a still had a position. They still were needed. They still had people respecting them and looking up to them. Mm-hmm. And it made it so they're in days or months or whatever in time of their life was much different. Yeah. Whereas in, a, in modern societies, not only America, America leads the way in all this kind of stuff. <laughs> is you, just, you just disappear. You know, you just grab these old people, stick them away somewhere, and don't let anybody see wow. what it's really like to get old. So they've lost their position. You know, the family doesn't want them. Nobody wants them. They just discard them. And, you know, so what have they got to look forward to? You know, it's really not the way the culture should be. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that that's going to happen to me. You know, when I get old, I'm going to be discarded and put away in some home and not hidden away. <laughs> if, um, yeah. oh, we were playing the other day for old people at, at a nursing home. Just my friend Mats there, he just you know, decided that <laughs> he really wanted to play mantras for the old people and so he, he told me Ruben we got to do this today we got to do this now and just I had this feeling we got to do it so we called a nursing home and <laughs> we gathered 60 people in one day and then played for them <laughs> so one was very nice very nice but I don't know the point that I was going to get to was well one lady was very very appreciative and several people were very appreciative and but just the way that <laughs> I know this is off the topic but the way that the some of the people that were working with this old people treated them it's like they're not i you don't get the feeling that they're treating a person it's just like they see them as a thing or like they're completely stupid like a small little child or something i mean yes they're maybe cognitively not functioning very well but they're still the same as you and me it's just a spirit soul stuck in that less cognitive uh, brain situation yeah and I just made me a little bit sad. I mean, those healthcare workers, they, they got a really hard job. Yeah, well, they do. And you, before, yeah. the families did that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the families took it. When I grew up in a farming community, you could go to any farm, and there was grandma and grandpa in all the different stages of, you know, <laughs> de- not degradation, but decline mm. that they may be in. Yeah. But they were there, you know? And then if there was some mentally retarded person in the family. They were there. I knew several families that had, you know, a person that was mentally retarded. Family took care of them. Mm. 
See, and then there was the, you know, all different levels of age groups. Yeah. You know, the mom, the dad, the kids that are coming up. But it was a family unit that took care from birth to death exactly. of the family members. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and when they died, they died at home in most cases. Yeah. Or maybe if it was acute, they died in the hospital, but they didn't die in old age homes. There was no old age home when I grew up in our town. There wasn't there wasn't one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, because the family was the caretaker. Yeah. You know, and all the different. So there's a whole support system for the old people. Now you got the little grandkids that are going up and helping grandma or grandpa or relating to them. Or, you know, so, you know, it was a whole nother, you know, psychological, you know, emotional support system. Yeah. And at a young age, you get also reminded that this is where it's going to go for me. This is where my body's going to be at. I'm going to get old and I'm going to die. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's it's different now, so we have to again be here now, go back to where it is now. You know, it's how it was and how it is is very different, but unfortunately, it is like it is now. It is. So you're going to an old age home is great. Yeah, we're trying, <laughs> trying. Yeah, I just wanted to. Yeah. I think we all. This is also a situation that we we kind of me too. I, I don't, you know. One thing is not realizing that you're not going to die. You're you're not thinking about it. You're forgetting it, but also forgetting that you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have to face your beloved ones and your relatives going to die. And what then are you going to do? Which could cause you to. Also ask yourself, you know, how to prepare? How do I prepare? What's going to happen when someone dies? How can I help them? Which, if it's not yeah. um, enough motivation for you to think, you know, what I'm going to do when I leave, then let it be a motivating factor to think, how about the, all the people that I care about and love and I want to help? How do I support and help them when they're going to leave? Because they will. <laughs> right. Actually, my statement, there was no old age home in our town, was I just remembered there was one very small facility. <laughs> I mean, it was compared to what they are now, yeah, the big yeah. giant things. There was one, yeah. But it was only a few people there, and I don't yeah. know the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope... Uh, all will go well with the departure. Mm. Her mom and dad and <laughs> yeah, we, all, all of us, <laughs> all of us collectively. <laughs> you know, the collective. <laughs> you know, we're all part of a collective, really. And, uh, so we can, but without information and knowledge and understanding. It, how can we know what to do with with life, with helping others, with anything? If we don't know, we don't know. And that's what we're trying to kind of pass along, you know, is some information to help people know what to do with their life, with how to help other people's lives and so on.
Did we show on here nothing to fear? Did we show that? I can't even remember. Show here? You mean show on the podcast? On the on the podcast, we didn't, did we? No, no, we didn't. We could. We should. Wow. What do you think of? Yeah, yeah, of course. But I just don't know, how, like how we can talk about it. How to how to do that? You know? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you and Slava can figure it out. See if that's a well, there's some way to do it. Yeah. Because uh, it's 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 wonderful, wonderful. Well, we could maybe show it and then just talk about it. Yeah, even if we show them one time and talk about it the next time. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, whatever. Yeah. But that's that's just a a, a very visual uh, opportunity for people to have. Of a a friend of, of yours leaving, leaving this world and yeah, leaving the body. <clears throat> oh, so in, in the proper way, in, in the the, the way it <laughs> you know it should be. Yeah, and that's an extreme you know, extreme case that he he had, you know. So yeah. Okay, Ruben, time's up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes fast. But anyone listening, you look forward to that, really. So that's gonna be the next maybe if we find some way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's uh, something that can't be done. <laughs> yeah, let's chant. Let's chant. Okay, yes. We've done the talking. Let's <laughs> okay. Garanga Haribo, Nitai Goa Haribo. Those will be the words of the mantra, and you just follow along. Haribo, Nitaigo, Haribo, Goranga, Haribo, Nitaigo, Haribo, Goranga, Haribo, Nitaigo, Haribo, Nitaigo, Haribo, Goranga Haribo, Nichananda, the words Nichananda, Goranga Haribo, Nichananda Haribo, Goranga Haribo, Nichananda Haribo, Goranga Haribo, Haribo
Aribol Goranga Aribol Goranga Aribol listening very important yeah don't forget to send in your comments mm. yeah if you haven't done so already subscribe <laughs> and thank you very very much Balakia. really i <laughs> thank you yeah mm. all right so we'll see everybody next time yeah we will. Looking forward. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Slava, for his technical expertise. Of course. Yeah. Thank you, Slava. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste. Okay. Thank you. Namaste. Haribo. 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 <laughs>